everybody, and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. Happy after Memorial Day. Yeah. It is good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, well, we partied hardy. I hope you guys had fun. <laughs> we We did have fun. Yes, we did. We camped all weekend long in one of our favorite places in the world mm -hmm. and had a super fun time. We did. We added a couple of new, uh, this is a traditional trip. Like we've been doing this trip since we were babies. Yeah. Not always in the same place, but uh, it's but always, always happened. Always. Yeah. And this year we did things a little bit differently. We, uh, we added a ladder ball tournament. And a uh, cornhole testicle toss. I mean, ladder ball. Yes. Yeah. We also called it testicle toss or horse <laughs> balls. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we had a ball. I mean, we had a straight up tournament. We had a whiteboard. We had a bracket. We had a scorekeeper, an announcer. Double elimination. It was a big yep. deal. <laughs> big ass deal. In fact, mm -hmm. both of them took all day. Yes, they did. They took forever. Now, uh, our sister Kara was my partner, and we did very well in ladder ball. We took third. You did. Uh, mostly on dumb luck and Kara being good at ladder ball on accident and me <laughs> having an, a partner that was good at ladder ball. <laughs> well, I mean, that is true. She was accidentally very good. She, she had never she played was. and didn't know she was good, but it turns out she's really good. She was super good. I mm -hmm. mean, I could occasionally do a good thing, but I mean, she ran circles around me. She was amazing. She was on fire. Two different times, she put all three balls in one turn on the top rung. And if you've never played, that means nothing, but it's that's three points a piece. Yeah. That's, that's like half hit. your points right there. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. And every, both times she did it, she threw the first one and I said, do it again. So she did. And then I said, do it again. And so she did. Right. I think it's just all in the self-talk, you know? Apparently it is. I can do it. to be there to tell her. Yeah. And she does it. But in Cornhole, you well, know. And yeah, I, I'm yeah. not good at that game. We went to and out. Now, I can't tell you our team name uh, because I don't want to get us kicked off of YouTube. But I will say it sounded kind of like Thunderthunts. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Or Thunder, see you next Tuesday. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a blast. Now, your partner was your son, Mike. Yes. And Mike yes. is awesome at ladder ball. He he is very good at ladder ball. Well, he was quite good at uh, at uh, cornhole too. Yeah, cornhole too. I, on the other hand, have arthritis, and when I go, <laughs> I did okay at ladder ball. I actually wasn't too bad, but mm -hmm. with uh, cornhole, the bags are heavy. They're little, these sandbags, and my thumbs are really stiff and not the best because arthritis is hitting them pretty good. And uh, I would just. I kept releasing way early, and so I was just throwing the thing straight up in the air, and I I was not good. Let's just say. Me too. I felt like the uh, message from my brain wasn't quite getting to my hand about how long to hold yeah. on. My thumb was just not cooperating. <laughs> but that's all right. Because we had fun watching. We had a We even had a visitor's area set up. We had uh, tents forced to sit in and view. It was very I mean, official. It was it really almost was. like Wimbledon. This close. <laughs> so it was better than the year that we had boxing gloves and we all fought each other. That was fun too, but this was, that really was hilarious. Oh, I man. have never seen anything as funny as some of those boxing matches. <laughs> All I'm going to say is Kara cheats and she hit me in the face. Uh, but yeah. That's against the rules. 
<laughs> I was the videographer because I'm not insane. And so uh, I didn't fight. <laughs> These were big, squishy, um, before you all think we're nuts, big, squishy <laughs> uh, boxing gloves where they couldn't, couldn't hurt each other. But uh, we could have a pretty good time and laugh really hard. Oh, my gosh. I am we, almost today. everyone in camp fought. I fought twice. Yes, you did. You were a badass. I, uh, really I, I, I have been twice, hoarse but... all day because I laughed so hard <laughs> for that entire trip that this morning I woke up and I hardly had a voice. <laughs> me too. Me it's taken too. me all day to kind of nurse it back to health. Agreed. Me too. We we really had a ball. But we ha we made a discovery while we were there that has still yes. got us all a flutter. Yeah. And it's these guys. Look at those babies. They're great horned owlets. Mm -hmm. Their faces are like all fledged out, but the rest of them are still that really poofy yeah. owl uh, down. Oh my gosh. You just want to cuddle them. They're so cute. Now they probably beat your ass. I mean, they're. Oh, pretty, I'm quite sure. Yeah. Terrible mistake, but my God, are they cute. So they we are. found some trees uh, on the lane where you drive into where we camp. And so we did. Uh, very you know respectfully view them several times and get pictures mm -hmm. mom and dad were around as well and oh we were in heaven outlet yeah. heaven yeah so yeah. sweet so sweet mm -hmm. yeah so that's what's up around here mm -hmm. <laughs> but we thought this would be a good day for a true crime roundup there's lots mm -hmm. of things going on as always in the true crime world right so, Christy, I'm going to kick the mic over to you to lead us out with a true crime update. Yes. So those of us, those of you who have been following us for a while, you might not be able to even believe this because I can hardly believe it. Mm -hmm. And a year since Dylan Rounds went missing. That is hard to believe. It really is. We have been covering this case from day one. Mm -hmm is actually originally from our area mm -hmm. um and so we i actually spoke to his mom right after they went he went missing yeah uh, we've been covering this from the very beginning because we just want well at this point some justice for his family for sure yeah. so i thought i would do a little recap on his case since it's been a year and kind of tell you where we stand now so Dylan went missing on May 28th, 2022 in Lucan, Utah. So that's Southern Utah, very near the Nevada border. He had purchased some land there. He was 18 years old. Um, uh, he has purchased, he had purchased some land there. It was not too far from uh, where his grandparents lived and mm -hmm. he was working on getting his farm going. That's all he ever wanted was to be a farmer. Mm -hmm. He was living in a camp trailer out there with a little bit of farm equipment, just getting started. Just trying to get something to happen. Yeah. Which I still am in awe of Dylan. I know. And He's a heck his, of a kid. Uh, yeah. And just his uh, desire to be self-sustaining and to be out there wanting to run his own farm and diving in at 18. He, he had purchased that land when he was like 16, I think. It was yeah. the wild. Yeah. Like he has been on this from... For, from forever it's he has it's really something and uh this land is sort of well known for being what some people say is maybe impossible to farm but he so he was able to buy it fairly cheap yeah uh but he's he was absolutely committed that he was going to make this work mm -hmm. 
Well, um, he'd spoken to his grandmother on the phone, I think, and, and his mom. And a couple of days went by and nobody had talked to him and nobody had seen him. Mm-hmm. And then it became obvious that he was missing. Um, there were not a lot, there were no answers at the beginning and there were a lot of challenges with law enforcement and questions about, uh, the police out there, not really taking this seriously that he was missing because he was young and maybe he just, you know, was off with a girl or something, you know, and they didn't necessarily take it as seriously as his parents would have liked at the beginning. For sure. Um, There has now been absolutely countless hours of searches, including, Still going on out there are canine searches with volunteer teams from Montana, Colorado, Eastern Idaho, and other states uh-huh. who come out and and meet his family out there and they go searching because this is like southern Utah, northern Nevada desert. Yeah. And it's mountains and there are a lot of crevasses and it's really, really rugged terrain. Yeah. Lots and and lots of lava tubes and caves and yes, lots of places to get lost yeah. or to hide a body or to get injured and not found. Right. And it has been searched out there on foot, by drone, by helicopter, by ATV, dogs, everything you can think of. Oh, gosh. Even the Diesel Brothers had all of their equipment out there searching for a while. They did. In fact, they, because they have guys on their team that are drone certified were able to, you know, rent a drone, I guess, from uh, the FBI and run it out there because they knew how to do it. Yeah. Uh, The sheriff's office, unfortunately, did not, but they did. No. Uh, But yeah, they did. Um, Unfortunately, none of those searches have turned up anything. Not a shred of anything. No. So what is happening now so for a long time there was nothing other than everybody was pretty sure that this man who had been squatting on property near dylan's property his name is james brenner had something to do with this yeah he was arrested shortly after dylan's disappearance not for anything to do with dylan but for some weapons charges because Mm -hmm. he was a felon and he was possessing guns that he shouldn't have been possessing and then finally in March, James Brenner was charged with one count of aggregate, aggr- <laughs> aggravated murder yeah. and one count of abuse or desecration of a human body. Mm-hmm. So he has been sitting in jail since then. He does have a history, a violent criminal history. Also, and this is so strange to me, in one of the searches, one thing they did find in a pond near nearby they found Dylan's phone in the water because Dylan's keys were present. Dylan's phone was missing. Mm -hmm. His boots were present. His work boots were present on his property, but they did find his phone in a pond. Mm -hmm. Officials say that there is video that was captured on Dylan's phone the morning that he disappeared And it showed James Brenner with bloodstains on him as he was cleaning a gun. Yeah. Now, how that video was taken, who took that video? I mean, was Dylan injured and taking that video before he passed away? Like, no one knows what that means. But they were able to get it off Dylan's phone, even though it was found in, in a pond. Right. 
Which is, it is interesting because we know a kid who is one of Dylan's best friends Mm -hmm. who had been Snapchatting with him that morning. Right. And they'd been snapping back and forth uh, till I think around 8 a.m. And then he just stopped responding. Yeah. And he just never responded again. So we know he had his phone or that he had been actively on his phone that morning. But they haven't told us what time that video was recorded. No. I think it's all really interesting. There's a lot we don't know. Yeah. Um, Brenner has actually not even been arraigned. He will be arraigned on June 5th. So coming up in just a few days in Box Elder County, Utah, um, he will finally be arraigned. This has all been extremely frustrating for Dylan's family. And I think for everybody that cares about this case, because it has moved at a snail's pace. This guy has been arrested since March and still hasn't even been arraigned. Uh Um, but he will be arraigned on June 5th. There has been absolutely no sign of Dylan since he disappeared. And as far as we know, Brenner has given up no information about the whereabouts of his body. So it's very frustrating. Um, You know, his family is still optimistic that his body will be found. When I spoke to his mom right after he went missing, she told me that she already felt that he was gone and that what they, what we were going to be looking at is a recovery of his body. She fully believed that he was already dead by the time she found out that he was missing, which well, is none heartbreaking. Of this was like him at all. No, it wasn't. This is a really, really responsible kid who was so committed to having his own farm and doing his own thing. He is not a kid who would have just run off with a girl or whatever that the police kind of started, tried to elude at the beginning. Um, but they are hoping, you know, for something here. If Brenner will give up his location for a deal or something, we don't know. But arraignment is coming. So maybe we're going to learn a few more things when that insanely occurs. Insanely slow. It's been insanely, insanely slow. slow. The arrest of Brenner has been insanely slow. Ugh. The arraignment, all of it's like, why the hell is this taking so long? Right. And, and we don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Box Elder County. Let's hope that you finally step up and do something decent here. So that is um, an update in Dylan Rounds. So lots of love to his family and, you know, just really holding the energy high that uh, we're going to get a location on his body. So his family can lay him to rest. Yeah. Get that much closure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. I'm going to kick the mic back to you for some creepy crime. Some creepy crime. All right. Well, wouldn't you know it, an evil nurse strikes again. Oh, my God. How many more? I, a lot, I'm guessing, I, actually. I don't even want to know the answer to that question. It's terrifying. I know. I also don't know why this picture is so pixelated, but here it is. <laughs> uh, my gosh. Yet again, we've seen this several times now. This uh, She was a former registered nurse named Heather Presidy in Pennsylvania. And she's being accused of having uh, given excessive amounts of insulin to patients. Oh, God. Two of which weren't even diabetic. Oh, shit. You could. Oh, did they die? Two of them died. Oh, God. Two of them died. The third, uh, other staff noticed there was something seriously wrong. They called the ambulance. They were able to save him. Uh she has made some statements along the lines of, you know, that she acted out of uh, 
responding to a lack of quality of life. Uh, one patient was going through COVID protocol and she felt like he was better off dead, her words. As if it was your right to choose. Right. Holy hell. Which, so there's this part of me that's like, okay, is Heather like going all Dr. Kevorkian on us without consent though? Or like, you know, is this truly you know, her rendition of a compassionate act, not that it makes it right, but maybe it is. Okay. I'm reading the whole article. I read a couple and I'm like, maybe it is right. I, I'm pulling for you, Heather, that you didn't, you thought you were doing the right thing, even though it was clearly very much the wrong thing until this. Mm. Heather, since 2018, straight from the article, Presidy has worked brief stints as a nurse at about 11 facilities, including quality life services. Authorities claimed they identified a pattern of Presidy being disciplined for abusive behavior towards patients and or staff at each facility, resulting in her resigning or being terminated. So, nope. Why have we seen yep. this shit before? Well, and this is what happens in the medical system because no hospital or clinic wants to be known for having a murderer nurse. Mm -hmm. So, they just send her on to another facility and they do not report her to the police. No, because they don't want they don't all want of their the files reputation to be through. Yep, they don't want the their liability. Yep. This There's is a real a terrifying problem, there. problem. Yeah. It is. It really is. So, uh yes, so she's currently just being charged. The one guy, she gave him 100 units of slow acting insulin. Of yeah. slow acting? So mm -hmm. she was trying to make sure she wasn't present at the time of death. Probably. Because that, I mean, if you're not a diabetic, that will probably kill you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm an insulin-dependent diabetic. Yeah. I don't take anywhere near that much slow acting insulin, though. Um, yeah. It would probably kill a non-diabetic, mm -hmm. um, but it would take a while. Because slow acting, you know, is... The dose is meant to last for 24 hours. Right. And he's so. actually the patient that lived. Is he? Because other staff coming on shift recognized that there was something wrong and called yeah, the authorities. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Because fast acting is going to kill somebody. Oh, my gosh. Somebody 100 units of fast acting and they're dead real mm -hmm. quick. Yeah. But that's interesting that she would use slow acting, mm -hmm. trying to make it so that the person would die when she wasn't on shift, probably. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. Really terrible. It really, again, I mean, this is just the first three. But surely now they're taking a look at everywhere she has worked and if there have been uh, similar deaths, you know. Well, and we've, with we've 11 for jobs, a long time, insulin is certainly a way to kill people and, and oh, maybe yeah. not get caught depending on what their uh, diagnosis is, you know. Mm -hmm. If they're a diabetic themselves, mm -hmm. that might not get caught, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Yeah, so my God, another one. Scary. Jeez. Isn't that something? That is. Yikes. Yeah. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a racial injustice case. Yes. This is a hate crime that better get charged that way. This is Aaron Martinez. Let me tell you a little bit about Aaron. He is from Forney, Texas. And he was murdered just a few days ago while sitting in his pickup. 
So Forney, Texas is in North Texas. Uh, he was a rancher. He was shot multiple times and killed while sitting in his pickup truck. Um, the man who killed him has been known to harass um, people in the community of Mexican descent, particularly. Real racist jackass. There have been run-ins with this guy before. There have been problems with him before. Um, his name is... Hold on. I know it till I can't say it anymore. Trevor McEwen. So he was seen driving away from the scene of the shooting of Aaron uh, Martinez and ended up in a SWAT standoff with the police because he refused. They, they, um, the police approached him, stopped him, and then he refused to get out of his vehicle for a while. The standoff lasted a little less than an hour, but he was taken into custody alive, you know, as white guys often are. His bond, his bail has been set at $2 million. And if you can believe it, his attorneys have the gall to complain that that is excessive. After he just fired into this guy's truck and killed him, a hate crime, Mm-hmm. racially motivated hate crime mm-hmm. and they're bitching because the bail is too high. It's they're unfair. being mean to him. And it's too much. And you know what the judge said to their request to reduce bail? Uh-uh. Good. Judge, no, we're not. Um, there are all, there's the, there's a huge community uproar about this in Forney, Texas. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And there are already people, Congress people, you know, urging the, um, urging the judge and the prosecutor and everybody involved that this needs to be charged as a hate crime. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of evidence that it is a hate crime, that there's been some problems in the past in this situation. And so I'm, I'm pretty confident that it will get charged that way, but I'm so done with this shit. Aren't, aren't we all so done with this? Mm-hmm. You kill somebody because of the color of their skin. You mm-hmm. kill somebody because you don't like, their origins guess what we're not putting up with that shit anymore we never should have put it up with it no but there is more movement in the right direction to charging these kinds of things as a hate crime as there used to be good his family is standing up for that there have been rallies in forney texas like there's all kinds of stuff really positive things going on and you know there's a lot to go because this is only how ha- this only happened a few days ago right and, of course you know McEwen is is in jail on his two million dollar bond that he can't meet oh darn oh darn poor little I'm like nobody's safe if that fool's on the street right and that's particularly what people of color that certainly don't deserve this well and that's what the martinez family said they said we don't feel safe if they let him out no on bond, of them we don't feel safe, safe at all no, which I wouldn't either. So I wanted to put this on our radar so that we can keep an eye on it. Uh, those of you from Northern Texas, Forney area, mm-hmm. you know, please be aware of this case. Watch for it. Um, put some pressure on your local prosecutor to charge this as a hate crime. Let's let's get this done the way that it needs to be done. Let's get some pressure on the feds to get this charged as a federal hate crime. Let's get yeah. it in the state and let's get it in the feds, too. Let's uh, lock this guy up forever and make a big example of him. We are done with this shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's what I have. 
on Aaron Martinez. My God. Yes. It's heartbreaking. It's terrible. Well, his poor family, they are absolutely. My heart always goes out to the ranchers and the farmers when they have a crisis like this because farming stops for no one. And so their cattle still have to be fed. Their crops still have to be tended. And everything that he was doing, someone has to be doing. There's not a minute to stop. Right. To to grieve or to deal with all of this legal shit or any of it. Right. And however, I know that in a lot of farming and ranching communities, and we've seen it around here in in really powerful ways, Mm -hmm. communities come together and they help each other. I sure hope the community is stepping up and helping them. I'm sure they are. There is a lot of community support uh, behind Martinez's family. There were probably plenty of things on that ranch that only he knew how to do, you know? Probably. That's kind of how it goes. You kind of, you know how to do this thing that maybe nobody else knows. Or, you know, anyway, Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine trying to go through losing him dealing with all of the legal stuff, the fact that he was murdered, all of those things, and also still have to tend to a ranch that uh, probably has really high demands. That's yeah, just so I'm much. I'm sure it does. I know it is. So definitely our love to the family and to the community. And we want to continue to lift up these kinds of cases so that you can be aware of yeah. them. I know that we have quite a few lists, mm-hmm. many listeners from the state of Texas, because we hear from you all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're from Forney or the Forney area, Get involved. Be aware of this. Get involved mm-hmm. in the rallies. Twenty bucks. Some of you are going to comment and say you have not heard of this case. I we see that out of Texas a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, Texas. Texas be bonkers. We know that. Um, but we need to stand and, up. And also, it's wonderful. I mean, there's. Yeah, there's there's so many wonderful things and really mm-hmm. powerful things coming out of Texas. And then there's this kind of nonsense. Right. There are very good uh, people in Texas. And then yeah. there is a huge mess in Texas. So get involved in whatever way that you can. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to take it back for another true crime update. Okay. You might recognize this rotting bag of soy milk left out in the sun too long. Boy, can she just go to prison already? (laughs) Yes, she can. Thank God. Checked in today. Well, good. Elizabeth Holmes. This was the CEO and founder of Theranos. This was the company that she claimed could do a blood test that was going to change medicine forever and change everybody's lives. Only it was complete nonsense. It's a total, total scam. So basically, she put out the idea of what she wanted to create and pretended like it was already created, even though the people working for her that were the actual science and brains behind it kept telling her, it's not happening. We're not getting there. It's not working. Right. The things we want to do are not happening. She was out facing the world with a big smile on her face, pretending like it was. Gathering up boatloads of money. Millions upon millions upon millions mm-hmm. upon millions of from investors who bought in, who trusted her, you know, Lori Vallow style, golden vagina flashing. Mm-hmm. And ma- she made a lot of people think that they were going to get very rich, yeah. that this was going to be a really amazing thing. Well, and that and it was going to be like revolutionary for sick yeah, people. Revolutionary medical breakthroughs uh, that turned out to be an entire bag of bullshit. Yeah. And so she was eventually, she was charged and she was convicted for fraud. 
And then, and she has drugged this out as long as humanly possible. Poor little Elizabeth didn't want to go to prison. Ugh. She makes me want to throw through, up. Well, she pisses me off because while going through the process of this lawsuit and these charges, she has had two children. Yeah. And then back at court going, I don't want to go to prison because I have two little girls to take care of. Yeah. Bitch, you should have thought about that before you had children. Very yeah. selfish. Very, Knowing very you selfish. you were going to prison for this. Mm-hmm. It makes, it's so gross. It was, that was an attempt to stay out of prison. Yeah. To have children. Mm-hmm. Well, the court said, no, people who have children go to prison every day. And mm-hmm. so can you. You're not talking your way out of this. So she's going to prison for 11 years. I mean, the truth is her kids will probably be in junior high by the time she gets out. She's still going to have plenty of time to be a mom, you know, if they're hanging out for her that long. Right. But she went to a country club prison in Texas. Uh, This is one of the federal, yeah, white collar prisons that are low security that, you know, basically it's just, you know. We're just housing you and keeping you happy and comfy kinds of deals. Right. She was in there with that woman from uh, Housewives of Salt Lake. Oh, yeah. That was committed. uh, Yeah, that committed fraud with her. Oh, she's awful, too. I hope that they have a cat fight in prison and beat the shit out of each other. (laughs) She, uh, (laughs) they probably will. They probably will. She's been known. She was known because she uh, had a telemarketing company that was scaring the crap out of old people and scamming money out of them. God. Yeah. Can you a lot get of real great people. Yeah. And it really sucks that they get to go to these little spa prisons where it's not prison. Yeah. But anyway, she's finally checked in. She's finally there. So Elizabeth, screw you. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all I have to say about that. I'm going to turn the mic back over to you for a missing person spotlight. Yes. Let's talk about this guy. This is Colby Richards. Now, I'm going to tell you, we hardly ever cover white men that are missing. Yeah. Because there really aren't that many. They don't come up as much. Yeah. This just happened last Friday. So, um, he went missing last Friday. And he, I don't know, it's it's odd. There's definitely some real questions about what must be, what might be going on in this situation. Because he, his wife woke up early in the morning. And um, this is in Montgomery County in Texas, another Texas. Um, he's 31. He apparently left his house alone really early on Friday morning. Uh, his wife, she said that he usually gets up about five o'clock, 5 a.m. for work. Um, but she didn't hear him getting ready. And she got up and kind of went looking for him and went looking, went into the backyard because she couldn't find him. And the gate to their backyard was open. And she said that was weird because they have little kids. They also have pets. They never leave that gate open. Um, you know, he does sometimes jog and he does sometimes go meditate and stuff like that, but usually not on work days. Sure. So she didn't really I mean, understand. He has to work that early. Probably not. Right. He, 
she believes he was wearing um gray under armor sneakers black shorts and a t-shirt he's about six foot three weighs 195 pounds and has short uh, dark blonde hair and blue eyes so there i mean there are huge searches going on for this guy because he lives in an area called woodlands and it literally is on the edge of some woods okay and his water bottle was found kind of at the entrance to the woods. Oh. Um, but that's all they found of him. They think oh, he left dear. the house at about six o'clock in the morning. So like he should have been up for work at five, but they think he left the house at about six on Friday. Um, potentially went out that back gate or someone went out that back gate. Um, and that's it. Like, this is really out of his... So his water bottle was found um, at the entrance to a trailhead in, in the woods. Mm -hmm. um, he did not have his keys or cell phone with him. He's fairly well known in his community because he used to be a baseball player. And he's now a part-time baseball coach. Okay. So he does uh, coach kids in the community mm -hmm. um, for baseball. And so there are a lot of people right. that know him because of that. They've had searches on foot, bikes, ATVs, horses, and vehicles. They're searching everybody's ring cameras in the community to try oh, to figure sure. out what is happening. Ring but, cameras are really emerging as a really interesting uh, crime right? tool. Yeah. I know. Because if somebody walks by and sets off your camera, boom, there's some video. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty scary situation because yeah. this is this was out of character for him. There's no indication that he was having any kind of mental health issues. Family says everything was fine. Now, I realize that we hear that when it turns out later to find out that that was not true. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. That's just what's being said. Sure. But he definitely was outside of his own routine. Yeah. And it was odd for him, like if he were to go walking on that trail, to not take his phone and keys with him. Mm -hmm. Like the whole situation, his wife is like, none of this feels normal at all. Yeah. So let me show you his picture again. His name is Colby Richards. And this is in uh, Montgomery, Texas, and actually Woodlands, if you're familiar with that area. And he is just banished out of thin air. Oh gosh. So, of course, his family, wife, and children are desperate to find yeah. him. The whole community has turned out. They have searched and searched and searched. Oh, well, that. Other other than his water bottle at the top of that trailhead, they found nothing. So really sorry to hear that. Gosh, I hope they can get some answers and figure it out. Well, yeah. lots and lots of love to his family, his wife and his kids. My God. Definitely. I can't imagine how scary that must be. Oh. Yeah. All righty. Well, I'm going to round us out with some Florida man. All right. <laughs> Yeah, there's perpetrators in this case, but I'm going to show you a picture of the real perpetrator that caused all of the problems. Oh, goodness. Guy right here. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> is this a clan rally or is that a ghost? That's a ghost. Okay. Just yeah. Nope, nope. That is a ghost. <laughs> and this ghost caused a lot of trouble. A lot. Oh, dear. 
So this couple checked into a hotel. Uh, his name is Andrew George. He and his girlfriend uh, in Daytona Beach checked into a hotel and were only in the hotel for a little while. Her name is Natasha Karoki. Her, K- no, Kachori. Mm. Uh, they checked into a travel inn. They were only there for about 30 minutes and they heard what they thought was someone trying to break in through the window. Ooh. And they were terrified and they ran out of the room. They ran to the desk. They demanded a refund. They said they could not possibly stay there. Mm-hmm. The hotel manager tried to argue with them because they were already there. And they said that there was nothing wrong with the room, but these guys were very sure that there was something really wrong. So mm-hmm. they gave him a refund. And just as they were leaving, they observed a shadow behind them. And mm-hmm. they thought it was maybe the person breaking into their room. So they ran across the street, tried to hide from the shadow. They ran into a 7-Eleven begging for help. Then they ran towards the Halifax Marina and were running around the marina parking lot in a panic. George particularly because there was a a ghost hot on his heels chasing (laughs) him around. He was so scared that the ghost, well, he said that he thought the ghost was going to kick his ass. So he jumped into the water to hide from the ghost. What? Well. (laughs) His girlfriend thought he fell into the water, so she drug him back out of the water (laughs) and took off on a foot chase again, running from the ghost, and ran into a nearby neighborhood and started pounding on doors, begging for help. Uh, Yeah, at one point, George grabbed a chair and smashed it through one of the windows of a home and then punched open a window, just trying to get to safety. Because ghosts can't go in houses, I guess. I don't know. I Didn't they have a car? How did they get to the hotel? The people living in the house called 911 and threatened to stab him with a kitchen knife if he didn't leave. When the police got there, he was laying on their deck or the patio or the the front entry of their home, uh, screaming and crying in pain and covered in blood due to uh, punching out the window. (laughs) And... He told the officers he couldn't actually go into the home because God told him not to because the uh, female that lived there was a bad person. Whoa, wait a minute. What? Yeah. So anyway, that's why you don't do ecstasy. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's where the ghost (laughs) came from. Gotcha. George just had a real bad trip. And and just drug his girlfriend along? I think, I'm guessing she was tripping along with him, but... Uh, oh, good Lord. They were absolutely certain that a ghost was just about to take them down. And so they went on a rampage of, like, this whole community. <laughs> Holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. like, this is the worst problem solving I've ever heard in my life. Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. I just don't understand how breaking into homes was going to help him. I, I don't either. Nor jumping the, in the water. <laughs> yeah, he's lucky. He's lucky something bad didn't happen there. But then also, you know, that uh, he tried to break into that home and then God told him, don't go in there because they're not good people. <laughs> um, George, uh, you may be the problem right now. Yes. And you're you not a good person. Here, sir. Uh, <laughs> you are the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Just so wow. there's Florida man for you. <laughs> 
maybe well, boys and girls, maybe ecstasy's not the one. Maybe not. Yikes. So this is our Tuesday episode or Wednesday episode. We're like we're way off kilter. We're way off. It's Memorial Day weekend. We Memorial were camping. We've been out of town. Yeah. You know. So we're recording on Tuesday, but this is actually our Wednesday episode. But we have a brand new Patreon out. We have another brand new Patreon coming out before the end of the month, which happens mm. to be uh, Wednesday. <laughs> so we're uh, we're sliding in sideways, but we are we're coming in. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday night with case updates. There's some interesting things happening in the Vallow case. Oh, good lord. And, yep, I've got people a little worried. We'll talk about that and lots of other cases that have updates. So we'll be mm-hmm. here Wednesday night uh, in our live stream at 7 p.m. Mountain for that. So that's what we've got coming up. Yeah. So be sure to like, share, follow all of the things. Thanks for being here, you guys. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Thanks for being a part of the squad. Mm-hmm. And as always, this has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody. Thank you.